Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. I am Brent Young, and as always, I'm joined by none other than my good friends, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, how are we? Good. It's been, a, it's been a good day. It's been a yeah. good day. Well, you know, I let's dive right into it. Why on earth recently have we seen in the past maybe, what, two months, two plus months, that family is spelled W-E-S-M-I-L-L-E-R. That is how you spell family in the past couple of months. You guys were able to partake in something that was a, somewhat of a family reunion. A, That's a, really a what recent, it was. A recent family reunion. Because, it, because, yes, the national championship teams came back onto campus. Yes, we've seen... You know, different inklings of uh, Zoom calls involving Kenyon Martin. And, you know, DeMar is all, always talking about different meetings with the p- former players and things of that sort. But W-E-S-M-I-L-L-E-R spells family. You guys were there for the recent family reunion tonight. Pictures are on Twitter. I want you guys to just, I, you know, I'm going to sit back. This is where I'm going to literally sit back. And it's going to be story time presented by Chad and Aaron about what I would probably have gone to and uh, been a little bit of a fanboy would have tried my hardest not to be, but uh, I don't know, guys, I'm going to sit back and be a fanboy now. Tell us about what you were able to partake in Chad. First off you last night on Sunday night. And then now again, tonight, Aaron, you were there in attendance today. So let's, let's dive right into it. Let's give the people what they want. Tell us all about it. Well, I didn't see anything actually last night. So uh, I didn't get what apparently last night was like completely impromptu. Um, the, the, the former Bearcats that are in town were all out to dinner. Uh, and they decided, I guess, probably to call Jeremiah Davenport or Trey Scott. And they called Mike Adams Woods cause he played with Micah. He played with Jeremiah, but they were like, uh, meet us at the gym, hmm. like get your stuff meet us at the gym at like nine o'clock at night. So I got, I didn't hear about it until like nine 30. I hopped in my car immediately. I'm I like wanted, 25. I wanted, you to. wanted to. Yeah. Aaron, it was a little too overserved mm. last night to, uh, to make it to, but here's the problem. I got there. They were done. Ugh. I would have beat so, you. So I I did get to like say what's up to some, you know, because I spent, you know, if you look back, like I I was talking to a couple of them about it. Like I I met Kevin Johnson probably from doing the AAU stuff when he was like 14, 15 years old. You know, I knew Troy in his junior year of high school. I knew Kyle in his junior year of high school. Like a lot of these guys, I go back eight, nine years, 10 years with. Um so it was good to like catch up and, and see some familiar faces and, and get to know, you know, get to, to spend a little bit of time with those guys. But uh, then they all went about our way. And, and then today, this, this afternoon, again, got a heads up. Uh, they're, they're running. So this was a like this. It was crazy. It, it was nuts. It was the, the current team. I believe everybody was there. Um, Vic, Vic wasn't there, uh, but he's they're working him back with his knee still pretty slowly. Uh, Vic wasn't there, but everybody else was there. So you have and and both walk ons, all all through. Well, Rob Banks didn't walk on anymore, but right. Sam Banksy. Martin and and the Banksy was on. Banksy was on the team. Like we'll get to this in a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, 
Sam Martin, and then the new guy. What's the new guy's name? Escaped my brain right now. The kid from Columbus. Yeah, CJ uh, or I don't know what's his name. I'll right. look for it. Keep talking. Okay. Um, so what? 12, 13, 14 guys from the current team. And then you had Jacob Evans, Trey Scott, Gary Clark, Troy Copain, Kane Broom, Coriante DeBerry, a, a big time blast from the past. Deshaun Mormon was Ooh. in the house. <laughs> Day Day was in the house. Um, was that it for the UC guys, Aaron? Can you think um, of any more? Kevin showed up at the end. <laughs> um, Jaron was there last night. I saw Jaron last night, but I didn't see Jaron didn't make it today. Didn't you say Jaron was there working out earlier today? Yeah, he was there around earlier today, but he wasn't he wasn't around for uh, for the open gym. CJ Anthony. CJ Anthony. There you go. Sorry, CJ. We're we're still figuring you out. I can't um, wait to see your scoring ability, CJ. And then Isaiah Miller was there from UNC Greensboro. Uh, there was another guard that was there from UNC Greensboro. I didn't catch his name. Uh, and then the guy from Greensboro that played on the Xavier TBT team was also there. Um, and then Devin Williams, if you remember Devin, that, mm-hmm. that played at West Virginia, local yep. kid. And then there were a couple other local kids that I, I didn't know um, that that – either are currently or played D1. Uh, so there was like, by the end, 25, 26 guys there. Normally when they run open gym, so I've heard, they do the main court, right, mm-hmm. at, at the arena. Well, because they had so many dudes, they brought out the side baskets, ran two games at a time, had – five separate teams of five on five and just rotated the court. So there was a main court where the winners stayed. And then if you won on the second court, you moved over and played on the main court against the winners. I want to know whose and job it was to, to tape the court. I know they had to, because the side courts, they don't have the new three point lines. So they had okay. to come in and tape all the baselines and all the three point lines uh, to get it ready for today's festivities. Would not have been fun. <laughs> um, the big winner of the day. You ready for the MVP of the day? Born. Who do you think? Who do you think was the best player Current of roster? the entire? No, no, just in general, the best player in the gym with all of those names I just gave you right. along with the current UC roster. Oh. Uh, I want to say Gary, but I, I think there might be some, some, you know, reasons why maybe he wasn't going full go at times, if you will. But, um, <laughs> Those guys have had a lot of fun this weekend. Right, right. So They have uh, really enjoyed their reunion. Okay, okay. I'm going to go current team. Okay. I'm going to say Mikey Saunders. No, no Mikey but, played well, though. He did have a nice pick. On a uh, fast break, Troy Troy was getting ready to, to fast break, and Mikey came behind him and just stole it. His, his he wasn't speed, getting man. ready to fast break. Was, who, who gets ready to fast? He was fast breaking. He, he was fast breaking. <laughs> and then Mikey got him from behind and poked it away. Uh, David DeJulius. Really? Was the best player on the floor today. His team went 6-0. 
Well, they went six and zero. Then they lost, and then they moved over to the losers' court, and they won. I think they went seven and one. Okay. Uh, in the it was like about an hour and a half that they ran. He was in his bag offensively, hitting threes, getting in the lane, breaking people down off the dribble, and and delivering assists. He was really really good. And when I like, so he was on the winners' court. They they started on the secondary court. His team did. They were first, they moved over to the winner's court. They won five in a row on the winner's court, meaning they were taking on all the vets. And his team was not, his team was Dave, Mike Adams-Woods, Rob Banks, Hayden Koval, and one more. Was it? Was it Sam? Was it? It was. Uh, no, they didn't. No, it was. Um, it, Sam. it was Newman? Mason Matson. Mason. Okay. No, it was Mason Matson. I did get first look at John Newman. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. Um. So it, when you look at that team, like that's not a team that should be. One of the teams was Troy, Gary, Trey, Trey. No, Trey wasn't on that. Not initially. Not when they first started. It was Troy, Gary, Kane. Devin Williams, somebody else, but like, like they were beating like the teams that had you know dudes right. that have played in the NBA, and DeJulius was the best player on the floor today. So, if that's a sign of where David is at as we uh, we inch towards, you know, the the start of the school year and getting into practice, it's a very good sign. I had somebody that's around the team every day. Uh, and the, one of the managers, I, I won't out who, but say that they thought David consistently has been the best player in practice. That is music to my ears. So I was very impressed with Dave today. I'll, <coughs> I'll let Aaron go because <coughs> Aaron well, is, is kind of new to this. I, I want his thoughts on taking everything in because it is it was sensory overload watching well, both courts. And I first think- off, first off, Aaron, I, just a quick question you mentioned. Mikey Saunders picked the pocket of a player who played a four overtime game. It was something crazy like what? Without 50, a turnover. 56 minutes without a turnover. Yep. And yet you're saying that Mikey Saunders is picking his pocket. I know it's open gym, but uh, these, these older players are probably not, not a little bit too happy if they get their pocket picked. So that's uh that's interesting to hear about Mikey, but Aaron, well, let's hear, let's hear your synopsis. So it was interesting too, because everybody's wearing, you know, all UC gear, like even the guys from UNCG are, are wearing UC gear. And here's Mikey with these shorts that are Tasmanian devil shorts, mm-hmm. just as real big on, on one of the, one of the legs of the shorts Taz. And then it has a picture of the Tasmanian devil himself on the other leg. We might have a new nickname for Mikey Saunders. He might be the Tasmanian devil. I mean, I, it's, it's appropriate. Ice kind of looks like him. I mean, oh, that was pretty good, Aaron. That was good. That is not the first time you've done a Tasmanian Devil impersonation. No way. No, for sure not. <laughs> okay. But, um. So yeah, I mean, to Chad's point, it was a lot to take in. Like I, you you try to watch one game, and then you're like, well, wait a minute. The, there's these guys on the other court, and it's like just trying whatever is closest to the end of the floor that we were sitting on is. is pretty much the game I was watching. Um, but I couldn't tell you literally what anybody did outside that Mikey steal because it was just so much going on. Like, I mean, 
I even looked at chat at one point and I was like, this is the matchup I wanted to see with DeBerry and uh, Ado down at the other end. And like, I didn't even really get to see that matchup because there was so much going on. <laughs> like it was, it was absolutely wild. Um, truly crazy experience getting to see these guys generations past that, you know, playing with the, the new generation. So it was, you know, just absolutely. It was amazing. very cool. It was very cool. Right. So Aaron, Aaron, uh, take away David to Julius mm. on the current team. Who would you say that you kind of noticed? I know you said it was hard to take things in a yeah. lot, but, but who on the current team maybe looked like they, they belonged on the court with all these guys or, you know, maybe just kind of just stood out to you as a sleeper role or something along those lines. Who kind of really, really caught your eye? Well, oddly enough, Rob Banks looks like he belonged on the court. And I think that's kind of a, a breath of fresh air for the kid because, you know, I think an awful lot of people kind of shit on him when he when he was offered the scholarship. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of good to see him in that role and, you know, looking like he could actually do some things on the court should he be put into a game situation, uh, which is, you know, definitely something that you want out of a guy who's one of the one of the scholarships. Right. So in these open gym settings, Chad, it's, you know, you've mentioned it numerous times. It's, it's kind of more, it's not quite who is playing the best, but kind of who is bringing that competitive fire and who's like, you know, maybe gets hot a little bit from deep was the current team. Could you kind of sense they had that edge to them where they're well, maybe tonight let, let me, let, themselves or. So here's what I heard about last night. Okay. Last night they showed up. The young guys won the first game last night and then got their butt kicked the next three. Like pretty convincing, convincingly got their butt kicked the next three. So I think the young guys felt like they had a little something to prove today. And I think the old guys really enjoyed themselves this weekend. Went a little hard. I think they had a really good time being back in Cincinnati for the weekend. Um, so the young guys brought the intensity today. Okay. You know, had not only the number one dunk, but the number one and the number two dunks of the entire session. I hope that it's Jarrett Hensley. You are correct, sir. A two-hand poster on Hayden Koval, and then later a one-hand tomahawk in transition coming down the right wing, caught a pass, took two steps, just cocked it up back and bang to the point that, like, the the gym was buzzing both times. Well, you saw today he hit 12 feet in the the vertical leap. You saw his looks. Yeah, the he's, part, he's a true six eight. Yeah. True six eight. I I mean, you look at him and and I mean, this completely basketball wise, his body looks great. You know, he doesn't it, like to wear a shirt. No, I, he's not much on shirts. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. Confidence. If I if I look like that, yeah, he's a I'd handsome fellow. Top, I'd pop the top regularly. I'd be Jr. Smith sure. if I looked like that. <laughs> I, the only dunk that I got to see, though, was that AJ dunk when he was McGinnis, just messing yeah. around. And uh, then the Newman Newman dunked in transition, but he didn't. He, he could have done whatever he wanted, and he just kind of kept it 
a little little chill. <laughs> well, so take it back to Jared Hensley real quick. You're you're meaning to tell me that he he put a poster on, and sure, it's not a real game setting, whatnot. But he put a poster on probably one of the top five, would you say, shot blockers in the entire in all of college he, basketball. Two things. I was told from the the minute that that Hayden Koval uh, came into the picture that he will get dunked on, right? Because right. he doesn't care. Like he's not trying to get out of the way. Good. So it, there's going to be times that he gets dunked on, but he just it, it, he, he doesn't let it affect his psyche. He doesn't let it get him down. He just comes back and tries to block the next one. Two, I don't know that he was like um, he wasn't in great position to really make a play on the ball. And Hensley caught it, and again, it was one of those where he caught it flying down the right wing, and just hammered it two-handed. So I don't think Koval on that one really like had a chance to get his bearings and know like the thunder's coming. I think it was one of those like where he's watching the ball like on the the left side or to his right. And all of a sudden, just pass, wham! Like, oh, okay, okay, big fella. So, so before I, we move on, Darren Hensley is going to be very, very good. And I think I'm not taking a swipe. I'm not. I think they're going to end up very happy with their class of 2020 power forward going into the future as opposed to the one that they didn't that, that they no longer have i think they're going to come out ahead in that transaction well put a stamp on it Whew. that's a that's a high praise but but did he show his shot at all i know open gym sure you, you're not seeing a, a little bit he took a couple i mean i've seen i i've heard yeah <clears throat> sorry um, tweet, tweet, I've tweet, heard tweet. about his ability to shoot. I, th- there have been games from the reports that I've got that he's done a, uh, he, he's had hot and cold. Okay. So I'm not expecting him to be a knockdown, you know, but he is a guy that can, that can hit from beyond the arc. Awesome. It, with, with him, if things go um, well for him, I think you're looking at a kid that, you know, this year could probably be in that, 33, 35, 36% range. Um, if he's, if he's shooting it to his ability, uh, but I don't think there's going to be a huge sample size there. So it could be, you know, 29 or 31%, but with somebody, his size, it's not about as much your makes It's it's about the defense having to respect your ability to do it. Exactly. So, uh, I, 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 I've, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, uh, I, I'm very high on the ability of Jared Hensley. You know, he, he just has that mold of those kind of just stretch four wing type players that do have that outside inside and then surprise you with their athleticism as well. So, um, he, he looks like it from the tape that I've seen. Oh, he's, he's an athlete. Good, good. He's an athlete. Uh, AJ McGinnis, I thought was was solid. I mean, he is fearless, and if he's open, he gonna make the three. He's gonna, like, he's gonna put it in. 
Like that, 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 I don't think there's much question. Um, I thought Abdul Ado had a good, uh, a good showing mm-hmm. today. Uh, and that's Devin Williams, Coriante DeBerry. Like that's, there was a lot of meat around the rim. <laughs> grown, grown man, Coriante DeBerry. And Abdul Ado, grown man in his own sense, but you're talking. Devin Williams is a grown ass man too. Yeah, too, yeah. For sure. Right. Devin Williams is a grown ass man. He's the biggest dude out there, right? Yeah. And Corey really? Barry's pretty big. Corey was throwing down too. Like he was he was going hard to the rim. A little little overseas confidence there. I like it. So for for the first time on the BCJ family networks, John Newman, Mr. J Rock. We saw a picture of him again posted by Mike Rayfelt. Just the vert is there with John Newman, which is good to see after the injury issues that he was going through this past season. How did his play look? Is he totally back up to speed? Is it looked up to speed, hit a couple threes, uh, made a couple plays on defense, like, uh, you know, defending the ball, getting in the passing lanes. Um, I I liked, I, I was a big fan of what I saw from John Newman. He did have uh, DDJ in the corner and shut him all the way Picked down. Him. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one guy that was able to shut down DeJulius pretty much the entire session. And DeJulius was trying to cook him, wasn't he, Aaron? Man, he, like, had, he had some moves. In and out, crossover. Like, he was doing everything he could to shake John Newman. And John Newman's like, nah, bro, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> and then he so- picked him, knocked the ball out of bounds off of DeJulius. Turnover. So he's got the defensive void on, on the wing that, you know, yeah. with Keith Williams moving along, is that kind of exactly how you see his mold fitting in? Yeah. I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see exactly where he is because th- this team still needs an out, like a go-to scorer. Right. I, I didn't get that feeling. Like if I, if I would say anybody's going to be like a go-to scorer right now, it's to Julius. Yeah. Uh, and also, and I don't know if we've talked about, I think we've talked about this a little bit. From what I've heard, he's been practicing mostly at the two off the ball. Yep. Um, with Mikey, so, yeah, with Mikey, a point guard and then, and then David off the ball. So, um, so we'll see, like I, I defensively, I think he's going to be the guy that you'll see Wes Miller put on the opponent's best perimeter player, best perimeter scorer, um, is my impression that I get, you know, at, at this stage, if I, look, I know everybody always wants to talk, you know, who's starting five. If I had to guess right now, I would say Saunders, DeJulius, Newman, Davenport, Abdullah Doe. That would be my guess is the starting five right now. It's pretty doggone good five. So if we're let's let's go back to DDJ a little bit. Isaiah Miller was in attendance, obviously. His his game, uh, not really too much shooting. It seemed like like David was was shot quite a lot last year. That kid is a cool athlete. Oh, yeah. Like, there were a couple times he got off the floor, and it was, like, breathtaking, like, how fast and how high he got off the floor. Like, whoa. Yikes, bro. Um, bro. Yeah. It was really cool to see, like, him and Trey Scott have worked out together some uh, this offseason, so those two have kind of built, like, a pretty good bond. It was pretty cool to see those two, like, interacting uh, as closely as they were, because I, I get the feeling we'll see quite a few of those UNCG guys over time around. 
hanging around and, and because they're, they're Wes's guys, like they're, that's part of Wes's family. Um, so when he called the huddle at the end of the, the whole thing, cause I need the guys that are here because coaches can't be in the gym during right. open gym. Right. So they were there at the beginning and then when it started, they have to leave. And then Wes came back when it was over and kind of just did like a quick, you know, address of the team. Mm-hmm. And, um, He's like, I need the, the current guys. I need all the former Bearcats. I need all my UNCG guys, like, out in the center circle. You know, so the guys, you know, like Devin Williams and, you know, the, the guys that didn't play right. fit any of those molds were, were sitting over on the bleachers. But it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see. And uh, I don't remember what your original question was. <laughs> David DeJulius and Isaiah Miller. Yeah. Uh, they, didn't, they weren't really – they didn't see each other much. Because like I said, it was, it was like the, the action was very rapid and I think they were only playing games to seven. So it was bang, 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 like switch courts, switch courts, switch courts. Um, I'm saying is, is David looking for the drive more than his shot? Cause it seemed like last year he kind of was falling in love with trying to get his shot going and it might've just been in the flow of the offense and whatnot, but when when he drives and has that little teardrop, and when that's going, he's playing he's playing really good downhill. He's yeah. coming he's coming up the pick and roll with more confidence. Yeah, um, I mean it's open gym, so right. but he's coming off the pick and roll with a little bit more confidence and uh, looking looking to be more of a scorer than trying to figure out like what his identity is as a facilitator. He's a scorer, mm-hmm. and he's going to be much more comfortable in a role where he's being asked to be a bucket getter. So Jeremiah looked like Jeremiah. Micah looked like Micah. Mason yeah. like Mason. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, those guys are pretty steady. They've been here long enough. You know what you're going to get. Right. Mason hit a couple shots. Uh, Micah hit a couple good shots and, and also played some, uh, some pretty good defense. He was, like I said, he was on the team with the Julius that, that was able to, to kind of lock things up on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was, Definitely the most active guy defensively for them. Oh, okay. So Aaron, let's let's take a step back and put on our, our fan glasses for a little bit. Yeah. Who's uh who of the former players were you most excited to see back on the court? Because I know who who my answer is in the mix, but but who were you most excited <sighs> to see again back on the court at fifth third? That's a that's a tough question. Um I guess I would have to say Jacob. Yeah. Um, at, with a close second being Gary Clark. Right. Um, but I mean, just getting to see all of them was just like, it was Christmas, you know what I mean? Like getting to see all of them together. It was, it was just, it was pretty surreal and like getting to interact with them as you know, this job entails and getting to, you know, dap up and hear the conversations that Chad was having with them and everything. And, um, we had some interesting conversations for sure. There was but, really uh, only one topic. That. <laughs> Coach Chad was trying to organize some things. Okay. Okay. Well, shall we unveil, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit, if you will? You don't have to dive deep into it, but Uncle Chad, I mean, Uncle Chad, fill us in. I, I was I was gauging some TBT interest. Okay. See, maybe uh. You know, hope we could try to put together a, a Bearcat Journal uh, 
entry into the TBT next year. It was a hot topic, obviously, because it's going on right now and it's getting a lot of airtime on ESPN and mm-hmm. the team from across town had one this year and the, uh, the younger they core, they did, lose. They, they did lose last night. They did. Uh, the younger core of guys that maybe weren't as interested in doing that a couple years ago when they, when it was first attempted seemed to be pretty receptive to the thought of, uh, having a TBT team represent the university of Cincinnati next year. And, and Aaron, are you going to put your name in for head coach or no, I think that spot might already be a, uh, we're, you know, might be taking dabbling. We, we've got some ideas. I think we've got a general manager. Like yeah. D Davis was the general manager for Xavier this year. Mm-hmm. I think we might have a general manager lined up. You might have to look deeper for the head coach. Might have to. Might have to. We'll, we'll see. The Lions well, den for a head coach? Look look deeper is probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But, yeah, I mean, TBT is something that's really been taken off. But, uh, yeah. I, I think it would be I think it would be really fun having a, a Cincinnati team of that core of, you know, the 2000 – 15 to 18 Bearcats. And Kane Broom's already played in the TBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeBerry played in the TBT. Yancy. I think, like, look, I think yeah. if you could get a core of Troy and Jake and Trey and build around that, I, yeah. you know, Jaron, if you could, if you could convince him to to get involved, I think you could have a pretty strong core pretty quickly that you could build around. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to explore it and see what avenues could be open next year for a, a, a new iteration of the Bearcats TBT franchise. Yeah. I, well, so I, I was actually in Columbus this past weekend. My buddy played for the Minamaki, which is the Purdue team. Uh, and he, he actually played really well. But what he said was it was fun. The whole thing was fun. Now, right. they fell to a, a very homer Carmen's crew, which is the Ohio State team. We don't want to talk about that. The referees were definitely paid off by the TBT, <laughs> by the TBT and Carmen's crew, but I, uh, I digress. It was fun. I, I mean, the Elam ending thing is awesome, and you do just get to see that, like, old-school bond. So, so my friend is Kelsey Barlow, and you saw him with, you know, Lewis Jackson and Robbie Hummel, and you just see that old-school chemistry and camaraderie they used to have. Get that with the Bearcats. Like you said, Chad, get those players who are friends ultimately and then go out on the court and compete. I mean, shoot, they all can hoop still. That would be awesome to see next year. Absolutely awesome. We'll see. It, it, preliminary stages. I will say we also did potentially line up a couple guests for this podcast going forward. We love guests. That's accurate. We, <laughs> there you go. So, so thanks, guys. I mean, shoot. I would have would have loved to be there in attendance. Uh, some certain things holding me back from being there, of course. Just uh, it was a last minute deal. I mean, away. I I didn't hit Aaron up until five twenty. Yeah, things had already kind of kicked off, and I was like, "Do you leave work yet?" It's like, no. I'm like, you might want to stop here on your way home. <laughs> He's very happy he did. Well, yeah. as he should be, as he should be. It's an awesome. It's like thing. I mean, it's it's just like a kid in a candy store, like seeing yeah. all of those guys all with the new guys, like. Very, very cool experience, to say the least. 
I feel like so. I was all doe-eyed the whole time. Like just ooh. <laughs> ah. Oh. He's like, wait a minute, there's not one court, there's two courts. No. I mean, it was a lot, man. It, it really was. was. It was. It's and, unless like it. like unless you have like that ability, like I've I'm trained to watch two courts from uh AAU from from AAU so right. I can I can keep eyes on both courts uh but you know it Aaron's was, not there yet it was like that scene at night at the Roxbury where he's like what's up 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 like you did what you could I mean it was just it, there was so much did you dance at all no why would I dance a little night of the Roxbury oh. you got a little jig in there no. <laughs> but, but anyway so Aaron this all started obviously with, you know, Gary Clark sends a picture of him at Fifth Third Arena mm-hmm. on on Saturday, I believe, or or no, it was Friday. It was Friday, and he said, "Yo, Wes Miller, where are you at? You know, Coach Coach UC Miller, where are you at?" And of course, then Chad takes a picture, posts that on Twitter, and then Wes Miller says, "Monday, I'll be there Monday." And and then even Jacob Evans hops on to, on it as well, says, you know, Monday is going down, this, that, and the other. Right. From what you saw, what is Wes Miller's interaction with these former players? I, you know, we've seen it on social media. We've seen it in different ways. But in person, is, is, is it just a little different? Is, is it just so welcoming to the point where you just kind of see this alumni is really going to turn into a family? And going forward, it's going to be just, just an unbelievable bond from old and new. So I think the fact that you have guys traveling from, you know, UNCG and coming, you know, to a school that they didn't go to just to be around the guy is a testament to who Wes Miller is to these guys. Like he makes clearly makes a lasting impression on the kids that he's he's coaching. Um, And then the fact that you have this, you know, this core of, of guys that have been here the last, you know, roughly what? eight years between Copain and and all those guys, Um, you know, they, this didn't happen under the old regime. This didn't even happen really under Mick. Um, I mean, you had, you know, guys in the arena with when Mick was here, but it wasn't, I don't know that it was necessarily to this level. And it's just, it's mind boggling the night and day difference that we have here with this Wes Miller staff. Um, you know, even just the way that they've introduced themselves to me as being like Chad's shadow here at these events, mm-hmm. um, you know, just it's it's very cool just to see the way that they're interacting with me, you know, just a, a guy, really, you know. Oh, but, you're not just a guy, Aaron. I mean, they don't know me from Adam, though, is, is my point. <laughs> like, right, right. No, I know. I know. So it's uh, it's it's very cool to see the way that he interacts with them. And I, I think that. I'm, I'm just everything that he's done has been the right way. And, and the only piece that's missing at this point is the coaching, the actual on court coaching right. when we get this team out there. So I can't, I, I don't remember being this excited about a season in a very long time. Like, I think this is probably more, even more so than like the Jacob Evans, Gary, uh, Jaron years. Like this, this is going to be a thing of beauty to watch it unfold. I think. So if you if you wrap it all up, I you know I of course it's open gym. We've broken open gym down 
through any which way. How it's just, you know, it is what it is. Take it for, you know, take it with a grain of salt type thing. Right. Did this team look like they belonged as a whole? As a whole from what you saw on the court? Because, I, you know, the, the names of Jacob Evans, Kane Broom, you know, Gary, Gary Clark, Troy Copain, Trey Scott, those are some of the best players to go through Cincinnati in the past couple decades. Did they all look as a whole from what you were able to see? I know it was hard to hard to keep up with all the action <laughs> as a whole. Would you say they definitely look like they belong? I mean, you're you're the team that was beating everybody, mm-hmm. you know, was DeJulius and Micah and uh, Madsen and and Banks. Like, mm-hmm. I, of course, they looked like they belonged. So, I mean, Banksy. Oh, good old Banksy. I, I love it. And dude, I can't tell you how funny it is to hear him say the, like, he doesn't say bro because he's from England. So right. it's always bruv. Like, hey, bruv. <laughs> it's, I don't know why that gets hey, me bruv. every time. Hey, bruv. It so, gets me so every the time. is fully there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where's yeah, it going to go, man? Legit. Like, you're talking to somebody that just walked off the streets of London. Fantastic. I need that. Throw me the ball, that. bruv. Throw me the ball. <laughs> Bro, you know you count on me, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, he after hit, he the game, he had a game winner. Trumpets. He did. He hit. He hit a game winner at one point, and like, I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> Man, I think we all need to brush up on our British accents. I, that was bit, almost but... Australian. I think you've been yeah. around James Smith yeah. too much. That's my problem. Is anytime I do uh, Britain's English accent, it quickly, almost immediately, goes to Australian. You know, I I always have to force myself to say "shrimp on the barbie" eh? uh, or something like that if I <laughs> want to stick with the Australian accent. But if I want to go British, it's like some tea and crumpets, you know, something along those lines. But anyway, Chad, let's let's go and wrap up this talk. Just final final remarks because I I was asking Aaron, you know, just kind of what Wes's interaction was with the past players, you know, because we've seen it before, just through social media. But is, is this just the, the, the beginning, you would say, of just bridging that gap yeah. and trying to turn it I, into that North Carolina-type feel? With, with, with I believe right now, I believe right now they're all out to dinner. Wes okay. took all the, the former players uh, out to dinner before they left town. I, I, I said this on the, the open thread, July open thread last night. These guys were all supposed to leave yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like they all kind of organized this like uh, reunion basically uh, themselves. And when Wes caught wind of it, he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm on the road recruiting, but I want to like hang out with you guys, get to know you guys, like chop it up. And they were all like, you know, we're leaving Sunday. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't get back until Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, so they all changed their travel plans and and changed their flights and readjusted their flights uh, so that they could be around today and then go out to dinner with Wes tonight. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and they're getting a chance to, to hang out and chop it up right now. And once again, the man don't miss like when it comes to engagement and understanding, like he said this at the beginning of his first press conference, like this job meant, something to him because Cincinnati basketball means something to the guys right. and to the community. And he's, he's not just talking that talk, right? He's walking it. 
And like they, you know, like I said, coaches couldn't be at the open gym. They have to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got word when it was over and they came back. But he made it a point, like each one of those guys, as they showed up before things started to like dap them up, talk for a few minutes, get to know them. And then when he came back, same deal, was hanging out and just, you know, entertaining the guys and talking to them and getting to getting to, to know them a little bit better. So um, th- that part of it was was one of the cooler things to see, you know, everybody getting to, to get acclimated because that's that's the most recent connection to Bearcat history. Right. Like like that was the, a two seed, like all those guys were on a two seed yep. and all those guys are part of a lot of great memories for UC fans not only because they were good on the court, but that group was something special because of their personalities. I think the fan base really got to know all of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I think seeing that visual of less like chopping it up with those dudes and, and having those dudes back around. Um, I think that's, I think that's important. I think that says something to the fan base that look, we're in this together. And I get how much this means to you. And it means that much to me. Mm-hmm. And he's proving it. So it's been really cool. He's also planting seeds, though, for of course what to, what to expect in the future with the guys that come up under him. Of so, course. Well, well, you know, I've so I've I've taken in a lot of podcasts and interviews and of the sort for, you know, former players here at Cincinnati. And you do sometimes hear, I'm not going to name any names, but you do sometimes hear that the players played for their coach. You know, that like I played for Bob Huggins, not University of Cincinnati type feel towards it. So that's my main takeaway is that Wes is trying to be like, okay, listen, you guys went here. It's it, This is your team. Doesn't matter if you're a Huggins guy or a right. Cronin guy. Right. Or a Brandon guy for that little window. Right. Or like, you're a Bearcat. Or a champion from the seventies, <laughs> right? Six, you're, yeah. You're Bearcats, sure. Yeah. So now those guys from the seventies were not out with the team running open gym. That's fair. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they had too much fun off the court, right? So they weren't able to right do it, right? Right. Yeah, typical. typical. No, they had like knee replacements and <laughs> hip replacements, <laughs> and back surgeries. Roger, is that you? Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so that is the Bearcat past and the Bearcat present. Chad, let's move on. Anything else you guys want to close with on that? Because I obviously that's something that the average person, I'm not even going to say fan because not really even many media members get that much access, but anything else to close on the, the mixing of the open gyms with, with the current team and the players from the past? It was awesome. It was so <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's all I got. Like, yeah, it's one of those things you just sit there and you smile the whole time. Like the interactions with guys like, you know, Mormon, the, Troy through Mormon and Alley-oop. And if you remember, Deshaun used to have crazy bounce. Hops, yeah. And he didn't quite get up on it and, and laid it in and missed the layup. And I was giving him a little crap. And then after the game, he came back over and he said, what do you say? I had a, had a hip surgery. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, bro, I had a hip surgery. Like, I, I don't have hops like that anymore. And I was like, okay, well, you should have at least made the layup. He's like, you're right. You're right. I should have made the layup. Like just the, the yeah. you know, Kyle, Kyle didn't play. Um, 
Kyle, Kyle is actively avoiding the itch to play basketball. That's what it sounds like. Because he, well, he said this to me. I know the minute I get out there and start playing that I'm going to be, I'm going to be back in Europe. Yeah. Like playing basketball. He's like, I, I, you, the, the coolest thing for me about this is what was really cool today about Kyle. There was a couple of thing, a couple of times, like he's working as a grad assistant. He's obviously working with the big men. So he's spending a lot of time with Hensley and with Davenport at the four, like working on different skills. And there were a couple of times like Davenport, um, did a really good job, like forcing a closeout mm-hmm. and then went by the guy and Hensley had a, a move in the mid range. Um, and Kyle was like a dad <laughs> that was like happy for his kids. Like, like they had, you know, dad was all proud because the kid like got a, a hit right. with a, a runner on second and two outs. Like <laughs> that was, that's really cool to see Kyle's brain going through that progression from player to like full-time basketball coach. Like I thought that was, that was really, really cool. Um, just something, you know, you pick up on when you're, you're paying attention to that stuff where, you know, he was proud of those guys. Like we worked on that today. Yeah. He was saying that to Jeremiah on the closeout. He's like, we worked on that today. <laughs> and then he comes out here and translates it to the court and uses it. So uh, stuff like that was really cool. The interaction, seeing all those guys around each other again, man, that was a really, really close group. Mm-hmm. And seeing them all back together was, was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I loved it. We, we know you did. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, it seems like you, you ate too much candy or something like that. I, I you know? feel like I did. <laughs> you kind of got that little candy drunk. I love just, it. I love it. Still buzzing, man. There we go. That's all. That we happened. walked out of the gym. He was like, "What even? What? What just happened? Right. What, what? What was that? What just? Ha- I feel like like that was the cool thing is you felt like you were a part of something that we'll probably see every summer now. Right. Right. Like it, we'll probably see a concerted effort every summer for all those guys to get back on campus and run with the team and and you know continue that brotherhood and that more than anything you know is is really cool like yeah that's the stuff that happens you hear about this at carolina and and north and and ucla like duke like those guys all come back and and give back to those younger guys and you know show them the way and it felt like the start of something really cool well that's what i would say more than anything it felt like the start of something really cool that we're going to see going into the future. Well, and, and if you remember some other people that said they used to do something similar to that would was DeMar Johnson, James White, Steve Logan, Lenny Stokes back yeah. in the back of the heyday when all of them were, were playing for the back Bearcats. when they were back when they were the age of Troy and Jake right. and Gary, like, you know, three, four years removed from college in your professional career and you're coming back and busting the ass of the young guys. Right. Like this is what Cincinnati basketball is about. Like it's perfect. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Another yet another home run. Wes Miller. He is a, he is something. So obviously that was the past and the present players, Chad, you were able to take in 
the hopeful future players. You were in Indianapolis this past weekend, Friday. You, we saw you there. We, we, we saw a Chad dollar sighting for crying out loud. It, Hanging in the Chad, background of the picture with uh, with Wes. So. Yeah, Chad Dollar was there. Wes was there. Friday was good. It was my first chance to see Daniel Skillings. Um, yeah. Oh, buddy. That, that, kid, that kid can go. His, his bad game, he scored 22. And he, <laughs> missed, a, he missed a significant chunk of the second half because they were up by like 25 in the middle of the third quarter. And you're playing a lot of games in a very short period of time. Right. So the coach kind of held him out from the middle of the third quarter through the middle of the fourth quarter until you looked up and the team they were playing had cut it back to eight. Mm -hmm. So then Skillings went back in uh, and closed the game out. A really cool story uh, of a kid that, you know, had a, a tough upbringing in inner city Philly. Didn't really get the chance to play organized basketball. He joined a team in ninth grade, but didn't really play. Uh, 10th grade was the first year he ever really played organized basketball. Well, that's not like he played like playground, you know, with his right. buddies. Like it wasn't like the kid had never touched basketball before, right. but he didn't play organized basketball until 10th grade. He's an 11th grader going into his 12th grade year. So he's only been playing basketball for like 18 months, right. basically. And uh, boy, he can score. So um, Chad. like really, really knows how to score. Before we break into his game a little bit more, you mentioned kind of him coming out of nowhere. Uh, one of these late bloomers, or you know, he's kind of blowing up on the scene right now. And, and you saw today, he was invited to the top 100 NBA camp. Yeah, is this the 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 moment when the bigger schools all of a sudden come in and take a look, or do you think this is one that the staff has put themselves in a good position? It's, I mean, it's hard to tell with these kids that blow up because everything for them is happening in fast forward, yeah. right? Like he's a kid that you see got an evaluation on in June. Um, they put him on their radar and then quickly in July when they saw him that first period, like he was a name that, that jumped pretty quickly up near the top of their board. Right. Um, so, but you don't know. I mean, like Temple's been in there for a while uh, because he's a local kid. I don't think he's going to Temple. Um, and then they spent a lot of time on him. Uh, I sat next to Aaron McKee for a while uh, Saturday night. But, you know, you had Kevin Keats from NC State there. You know, there's there's quite a few schools that, that are moving him up. VCU's been in on him for a long time. Uh, and he mentioned Miami a couple times. I think he mentioned Clemson. So, you know, there, there's a definite ACC flavor to, to his blow up. But it's so hard to get a read because they don't have a past that you can like kind of judge their recruitment off of. Because everything, like I said, is happening so fast. Every week that the kid plays, there's two or three or four new high majors that are jumping in. So you hope that you've done enough uh, to this point. Um, NBA camp's an interesting deal because. It's the only thing going on. Mm -hmm. So everybody's going to be there Wednesday and Thursday. Right. Everybody's going to get a look. And if they get a look at what I got to look at over the weekend, he's going to be popular because he can, he can just flat out score the basketball. And really like one of the things like he's really good, a really good offensive rebound. 
Like, that took me by surprise a little. Um, but very active, good hands, solid defensively. He still doesn't know what he's doing, obviously, because he's he hasn't been playing basketball for a long time. But um, it just very, very close to just a total package kid that it's funny anymore. Like when you hear of these forwards, a lot of the time you think like small forward slash, like probably leaning towards a mismatch power forward. Yeah. Right. Right. Daniel Skillings is a shooting guard. Yeah. Like a two, a legit two with, with, you know, NBA type six, five, six, six size that you see for NBA shooting guards, mm-hmm. highly skilled, can put the ball on the floor, can shoot it from outside. He's, he's legit, like to legit, it, legit. To put it in perspective, Brent, I was talking with Chad yesterday on the phone. Yeah. And I said, so we all know how much you love Leon Vaughn. <laughs> right. And he's like, yeah, well, Skilling's like, he makes me want to cheat on Leon Bond. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Like, I'm not ready to divorce. I'm not ready to divorce Leon Bond. Right. But I do have a side chick now. I got a side chick. But, 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 but it's also to the point what can where you, do? you can't blame me. Where Leon Bond gives you the things that you like, but then all of a sudden, Skillings brings you a little bit something different. You know, it seems like Skillings is kind of like a sensible, well, yeah, more offensive skilled from the wing more scoring but not, but sensible is still like a combo forward like right his best position in college is probably the four mm-hmm. even like he plays offense like a three but he, i don't think he's going to be able to guard a three right so it, it's it, i know what you're saying like the the point you're making is in the in the right vicinity offensively like they're they're not too far different they, they're right. both bucket getters but but what they project to college, like I mean, I don't think you could do it. I don't think it would it would work. Mm-hmm. You could take Sensible and Bond, or you could take Skillings and Bond. I don't right. think you could take Sensible and Bond because you'd be battling with with two guys that probably need to play the same position. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, but with with Skillings, you could take him and Bond, and you'd be you'd be set at shooting guard and combo forward. You'd be set set. Aaron, you brought up Leon Bond. Let's talk about it. There is a mailbag question about it where it said, I don't, I don't remember exactly what it said, but something along the lines of like trending down would be Leon Bond. With no. and, and that's just completely one man's opinion from what, it, from what it reads like. Yeah. So you also see Virginia offering Sensible. And uh, I, I believe was – Virginia in attendance in, in Indy as well, or was well, that? Well, they, they, Bennett was there. Um, yeah. He stopped by. He didn't really, st- he only stayed for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Skillings plays for the same AAU program as Jerome Hunter. Oh, okay. So I'm sure he got a tip, like, stop by, check this kid out. Okay. Um, but he wasn't, like, posted up there the entire he didn't stay for a whole game. He wasn't there following him around the whole weekend. Okay. Cause I, it just would seem interesting. The, the flow of events is like, okay, well maybe is Leon bond all of a sudden becoming a little bit more available. This, that, and the other, but it seems, uh, seems that puts that to rest. But if you had to, I'm not going to tell you to rank them, but would you say 
those three are kind of in the mix as as the top of the list with the skillings and bond and sensible or is it more- here's no um here's what worries me about sensible i do think there is a connection obviously because of cincinnati that's oh, interesting virginia just offered ryan dunn hmm. who isn't all that dissimilar from leon bond plays for new york jayhawks i watched dunn uh, the first evaluation period in uh, Birmingham, huh? Six seven wing from New York City. Yeah, that that's not a little bit more scoring pop than Leon Bond, but the, the, not all that different of a game. Huh? Um, yeah, it is interesting. I, I'm kind of surprised by that. Uh, I, I don't think it's dead with Leon Bond at all. It, some people just take like they take things immediately to the the extreme right i I, my job like i've always been and and i know this is hard and like the uh everything has to have a definitive answer right now era Mm -hmm. i've always been very open and honest about my recruiting coverage yeah like if i think somebody's a, a, a concern or a problem i say it that doesn't it gets taken as because chad said this Cincinnati's done. Right. No, it's just that I, I know <laughs> Virginia has done a good job recruiting Leon Bond. If Virginia offers Leon Bond, Virginia becomes a very legitimate threat for Leon Bond. That is still true. Marquette is still a very legit threat for Leon Bond. Cincinnati is still a very legit threat for Leon Bond. I know Cincinnati's not out of this yet. Hmm. That's best I can give you. Do I am I am I putting my crystal balls on the table? No. I see what you did there. Right. Um, but I know Cincinnati's not out of the mix for Leon Bond. It's just, it, it's going to be difficult. Here, here's the thing I think that I, I, I saw a discussion on this last week, and things have gotten so crazy with the realignment stuff that <laughs> discussions that happened last week feel like they happened uh, six months ago. Right. Um, I am very encouraged by the fact that all of these kids that Wes Miller is going out on the road, evaluating and moving up to the top of Cincinnati's board and getting involved with are also a lot of the kids that are having the biggest summers, right? You're hearing Cincinnati mentioned. And then a week later, you're hearing eight other high majors that also evaluated the kid and thought, Holy crap, this kid's good. It tells me going forward, this staff knows how to evaluate. Mm -hmm. I will also say on the flip side, I take the exact same thing out of the fact that they haven't been able to zero in on a point guard that they like, because they're not just going to take a point guard to take a point guard. Right. Right. It's not just, we need a point guard. So we'll find the best point guard we can find and take him. There is a standard of either you're good enough or you're not. And if you're not, we'll wait until the transfer portal and try to find a point guard there. Or we'll wait and see how some of these recruitments of of higher rated kids play out. You know, maybe you take a swing at a kid that you didn't expect to have a chance at, but they're not, they're not compromising what they think should be how this roster is built 
just because of the, the construct of, well, we, we need a point guard in this class. And I think that is also some of what, like this doesn't get talked about uh, nearly as much. That is some of what the transfer portal allows, right? Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to feel trapped into, I've got to get a high school point guard. Now you can say, well, if we can't find a high school point guard that, that meets our standard, that is up to the level that we feel that we need to be, then we'll wait, we'll hit the transfer portal, and we'll find somebody there. So that has been a, a big takeaway for me, ultimately, though, is the staff knows how to evaluate. And that, at a school like Cincinnati that is not a Duke or Kentucky or whatever, you better be able to evaluate and mute Aaron. Look how quickly he put together this team though. Like, I mean, it was just surreal to go from the lowest point in Bearcat history. Thanks, John. Yeah. J O N. Um, to, to where they are now. Like, I mean, it's again, like we can't say enough good things about the work that Wes Miller's put in, in such a short time. Yeah, and I think it's you also need to point out when it comes to point guard, I think yes, DDJ is better off the ball as we've seen, but it's also important to point out that the staff probably sees that they need to get Mikey Saunders on the court and they need to get him on there right now. So I I think that's important to know. I mean, just a sophomore, the Tasmanian really Devil. be, be <laughs> the Tasmanian Devil is going to be the one lead guard for the next you know three years. So. Um, and then if he does really well, maybe only two, but so it, it, it's kind of in the mix of, uh, of saying maybe they really, really see what they've got in Mikey to the point where they don't need to really, really force their hand. Like you said, Chad, and, and get a point guard just to get a point guard, because maybe they like what they currently have. And then, well, I mean, I, 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 but I'd say they know that like, you can't have one point guard on your roster. Oh, no, no, I'm saying they then they can just say, okay, well, we need someone who can come off the bench and give us X amount of minutes or, you know, who knows if he can can fit the mold of, of what DDJ kind of has and play with Mikey along alongside as well at times. But I just don't, I don't think, think a growing need for it. But what I would say is I don't think Wes Miller recruits under the mindset of uh, I'm going to recruit this guy to come off the bench for a couple of years. Right, right. I think he recruits to the mindset of push to like start. you need to be you need to be good enough yeah right like you need to be a high level player or i'm not going to recruit you okay so i, I don't disagree with what you're saying i just like the the caveat i, I don't want people to take it the wrong way no. because people are very prone to uh taking things that we say on these podcasts uh I'm running with them differently than we intend them sometimes right so Speaking of good enough, another name that that has been rising is is Josh Reed. You mentioned him in the uh, in the BCJ pod a little bit. Uh, you you posted about him as well. Is that someone that is they're going to push for him? You think at this point, or is it still an evaluation stage as far as when it comes to Josh Reed? I I would say Josh Reed fell under the. Uh the category of like him, didn't love it. Okay. Um, and some of that is probably because he didn't play nearly as well uh, in the two games that I saw him as he has in a lot of his other games this summer, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, he had 
think the first game he had 17 points. The second game I saw him, he had 14. So not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but also not like he didn't wow me as a, as a wing scorer. And he's a little thicker. He's probably in that three, four mold where um, bond and sensible where he's probably a three offensively. Yeah. But defensively, does he have the lateral quickness to guard, you know, small forwards on the other team? Right. So, you know, it's, um, I was torn on him because I, when you see, he can shoot it. He's a lefty. Um, he had a really nice, like, kind of bigger body ability to put it on the deck, spin back and get to his left hand, um, finish with touch from like six, seven feet into the rim. Uh, there was plenty to like about it. But I, he seemed a little um, kind of – this is – I just, this just hit me. He reminded me a little of Jaron defensively. Okay. Because he relied on his instincts over his effort. Right. So he had good defensive instincts in terms of uh, like, you know, exactly like Jaron was. He had a good feel for like when a guy was going to try to sneak a, a pass by him, mm-hmm. when a guy was going to try to make a certain move off of a pick and roll or but, but Jaron was never a high effort guy defensively. He just, he relied heavily on his instincts. Right. He reminds me a little bit of Jaron in that, that, that mold. Um, he didn't have the offensive game overall, like the complete offensive game that Jaron did. Cause he didn't have that like downhill freight train, get the hell out of my way ability. Um, but I, I don't think Jaron would be a terrible comparison here. Uh, not quite as, like uh, thicker in the chest and the upper body mm-hmm. like Jaron, but not quite like the, the hips and the ass that like Jaron was thick, thick, yeah. like the whole way through. <laughs> He's a tank. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Reed was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Reed was a little bit thinner, like from the hips down. Okay. Um, I don't know why we're talking about a 17 year old like that, but. Hey, you took it there. <laughs> one, one of my favorite things of this weekend uh, we're watching this team from Louisiana mm-hmm. and they had this kid playing center that was like six, six and just like, look like a man child. Right. And I'm like, shit, like it, that dude looks like football player. Like right, right. he could probably play at like Tulane or Southeast Louisiana or somewhere. He could probably play basketball, but I'm like, that kid looks like football. Yeah. He's like the number five defensive end in the country. <laughs> His final, his final list of schools is like Alabama, USC, Texas, and like Georgia. Like it was like, yep, yep. <laughs> I am a talent evaluator. Look at me, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, but that's good. You know, talent. Look at you. That's, that's yeah, I looked at Wes at one point in time during that they were playing skillings. I looked at Wes and I was like, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! It checks out. It checks out. But, it does. Uh, it does. I so we could obviously dive even further into this, but it just seems right now is this 
the final evaluation weekend right has passed, or is there there's not one more? Is there? Well, they get to go. To, they get to go to top 100 camp Wednesday and Thursday. Right. Right. So. So that like that was the final Sunday marked the end of high school or end the, at the end of AAU evaluation. They get to coaches get to go to top 100 camp Saturday or Wednesday and Thursday. And then that's it until I believe they can start going back on the road to um, high schools for like open gyms and workouts in like September, sometime in September without looking at the calendar. And, and just judging off social media and things, it seems just like top five lists are, are getting ready to come out and just, you know, yeah, just no one seems exactly too close to a decision date. Leon bond, of course, has floated out that he, wants to decide somewhat soon, but, uh, I mean, he's talked about like this week or next week, he yeah. wants to decide. So right. we'll keep an eye on that. I, I have not heard of a specific like timeline for him, um, in terms of other than him just saying like late July, early August, he'd like to get it done. Right. So I, I would say he's probably the only one to really watch out for as far as that goes. And then of course, in a sense of balls driving his top five, I believe, and other things along that sort. So, a lot of excitement on the uh, recruiting front, but clearly not as exciting as uh, what's been going on on the college football side of things. And we aren't going to dive we, into it. How did we get to 84 pages on the expansion thread? I, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say we, we aren't going to touch on it too much here because I think the entire board and, and everyone that listens to this pod knows exactly where things stand right now. And so which um, which which is that nobody knows anything. Right, right. <laughs> All we know is Texas and Oklahoma. And then right after that, it is just rumblings, rumblings, rumblings. I, I saw what Big Ten is saying. They don't want to add anyone else new. And some people are saying that's not true. It's, not, it, it's just all a big mess right now. But if you want to have fun, go ahead and hop on that beautiful swing time summer 2021 expansion thread. That is, uh, that is something to, to, to really caulk at. You see about. What, what? Let's see. We we lost Chad. He's because he's he dove into the expansion thread. That's that was that was where he went wrong. He's he's losing his mind we, in the thread. Ninety six, ninety seven. We we started that thread ninety eight hours ago. We are at one hundred and ten thousand views on that thread, and we are on page eighty four. Eighty five now. 85. You guys are lunatics. <laughs> lunatics. And I'm going to have a steak dinner and think of all of you when I get my check for this month. <laughs> there we go. So, maybe, maybe we'll do a staff dinner if Brent can make it down to Cincinnati. Like I could see a, I could see a staff dinner yeah. as, a, uh, as a, a thank you to all the people that, that put money in our pockets. Taking a page out of old Wes Miller's book. There we go. Yeah, but you, unless you guys want to be former former employees. <laughs> no. He didn't take the current team out. He took the former guys out. I just want a hat. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? But, yeah, it's, it's a lot to ask. But Aaron, just I don't want you to dive into the particulars, but just your initial thought when you saw the Texas and Oklahoma news, because – Obviously, as as a Bearcat fan, as covering the Bearcats, you immediately are saying, well, I kind of don't want to get my hopes up because I saw what, that, what happened last time with that. But what, <sighs> what were your initial thoughts? So obviously we're going to see 
things change. Uh, the, the landscape is going to change. How much yeah. it's going to change is what the biggest question is. Right. That said, Cincinnati is in so much better of a place right now than they were the last time that this big, these big changes started occurring. Yeah, they were caught with their pants down 10 years ago. Right. So like they, they have the pieces in place. They've just redone fifth third. They just, you know, the, they've done renovations to Nippert, uh, the new staff in place in with both, football and basketball at this point is stellar Mm -hmm. and not just looking at football and basketball, but the other sports have been involved in an awful lot as well. When you talk about the baseball team, when you talk about, um, you know, uh, golf, even like we're, they, they volleyball, like they're, they've been involved in, you know, some good playoff runs. So, you know, it's, it's not even just about the, the, two main sports here. So I think you can be quite optimistic right now that they're going to land in a better position, regardless of what that looks like. Well, it's just it, a, a matter of how, how much better that position is going to be. Here's what, here's what I would say like that. That's, that's very hopeful of you. Um, I would say that they are in a position now to not move backwards like they did last time. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with that. You got to move forward, like desperately have to move forward, because if you get left behind this time, it is bad, bad news. Yeah, it, it's shaping up to be a if, if you miss or miss this this time, it, you might never be back there. I mean, Jay like, this is voting out that they just make it super, you know, the super conferences and completely just pull away. Yeah. Which is completely plausible because they can do that if they want. Which They're is, not going to pull away from the NCAA. I, it's know, not they, gonna I know they aren't, but I'm just saying the, the fact that people are floating that out there is just. If people have been floating that out there forever. It's right. not going to happen. It's but not going to happen. It does feel like the, the, the only time where the, the remote thought is going into the brains of. The, no, we've been hearing this for there. years that, right. that the NCAA, like they're going to, they're going to leave the NCAA. Right. Then who, then who are the people going to blame when something goes wrong? Right now they have the perfect cover. Everybody blames the NCAA and it, the, the NCAA is run by the president. The right. presidents make the decisions. They, they use the NCAA as a fall guy. If they were to pull away from the the NCAA, it would be the most short-sighted, dumbass thing ever because you would be giving up your cover. True. Now nobody wouldn't have anybody to point a finger at except for the people that don't want any fingers pointed at them. That's the last thing university presidents want is anybody pointing a finger and being like, you're a dumbass. (laughs) Right. I, I mean, the thing is just so weird. It, it is just completely money-driven, which, going back to what you said, Aaron, is the fact that this football team right now, top 10 program football team, Luke Fickle, extremely highly regarded coach, everything of that, those are the main factors going into it. Everything else is awesome, you know, having the, the renovated venues and, and things of that sort. But when you have a reputable football program, that's when you really jockey yourself for a good chance to see – if your name, if your hat gets tossed in the pile. So uh, that will be something that probably goes on for a while. Chad, I saw something today and Aaron that said 
Texas has numerous people that are saying they want it to happen right now. And they're, they are ready to do whatever it takes for it to happen this upcoming season. So I don't know. I, I don't see any, like too many logistical nightmares for right. that to happen. No, I, I can see it being done by next year. Right. No, I, no, I definitely agree. But I, I mean, like we saw at, at IU to a much, much, much smaller side is, is if you have enough people or maybe just one person with a lot of money, certain things can happen. So I don't know. It's going to be a very, uh, very interesting thing to track, and there's no better place to track it than on the Carson Field Football Board on the, of course, beautiful Swing Time Summer 2021 expansion thread. So, Rest in peace, Swing. This one's for you. <laughs> that's about uh, that's about all that I want to touch loved, on those with those. <laughs> that man loved expansion. That, that man loved realignment. Gosh, I you know I I just can't wait to see the the newest uh, wallpaper that is going to somehow leak, and someone's going <laughs> to post it, and everyone's going to be like, "Whoa, Bearcats ACC? No way!" But I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a, a long drawn out thing as far as when it goes outside of Texas and Oklahoma. So. Keep following that thread, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Anything else on those on that, guys? I, I mean, you could. No, I mean, we could it. sit here for two hours and ramble, and we wouldn't say anything with any of any relevance. <laughs> I know, so. right? Right, Aaron. Mailbag is pretty pretty small tonight. It is a little little light. Um, okay. and I do apologize that uh, we don't have Brady as I thought we were going to have Brady. Um. But that said, um, before we even get into the mailbag, I did have a bone to pick with Chad oh. from his, his last podcast. Oh, I believe I cover the AAC when I write articles during the football season. Uh-huh. And I wasn't included in the AAC <laughs> rankings on your no, last, you on your no, last you weren't. No, no, you weren't. No, no, I think they used your hat for that, didn't they? <laughs> the one that I don't have. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just felt like I should have been included on that. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, great. Next um, year. Next year, Aaron, when, when we're doing the ACC. <laughs> and I, I probably I probably would have thrown Tulane at that three spot, but oh. Uh yeah, the problem, the problem being Aaron. You take that way more serious than we did, <laughs> and that would be the the problem uh, with including you in such a exercise. Is that Dave and I did not take it serious at all, and including you would have just been annoying. Would have been that two hour <laughs> podcast that Dave's right, just always it, trying it, to avoid. Yeah, that's but, but hey, you know what? The ranking came out and. Did you see, I think uh, it was maybe the SEC rankings. Someone put some crazy, you know, Vanderbilt in the top three or something like that. So so someone did take your guys' avenue, Chad, but. Um, well, they, at least like, here's the thing. We didn't, we didn't make a complete mockery of it. Right. Because we were adamant that, that number one, Cincinnati, and number two, UCF, were uh, head and shoulders above the next group. Right. And then that there was a group below them that didn't belong in the hat. Right. Like we, we took no, uh, some no, legit. I'm not saying like, you did a bad job. I, I, no, I'm just saying I like, it, it. it wasn't like a, we didn't make a mockery of it. We just said right. these five teams are so close. 
you could draw a name out of a hat. Everybody says that, right? Like, like yeah. when they do like, well, you know, Steve, uh, the, the third through seventh teams in this conference are so close. You could draw <laughs> names out of a hat. So we did it. You drew the names out of a hat. So we did it. That's all. And I do like how you kind of gave it the, the play-by-play of it, you know, uh, uh, putting the names in the hat, Dave sitting on a back porch. Like, you, you felt <laughs> yeah. like you were there. It was it was like a selection show. I, I appreciate right. it. Like, it was an audio format, so we had to set the scene and then go from there. It worked out. It worked out. But uh, one, one positive, I think, of having Brady next week is that we can, you know, obviously pick his brain on the upcoming camp. But we can also discuss the first Let It Fly episode uh which is going to be absolutely awesome to watch I, I i can't wait to see what they put together me either and chad i know you guys talked about it but any any insider on that that, that you've been able to pick no i've been way too busy with other things like uh, i i kind of have like i i it's unfortunately they're only going to be like um like 10 to 12 minutes long yeah. Uh, I'd like to see them more in like the 15 to 18 minute range. I think right. they, they will have enough content to do that. Um, but, you know, I'm excited. There's going to be like storylines that, that develop that are going to be, you know, I, from what I know, um, the, the couple conversations I have had about this, they've got a couple like uh, built in storylines that they're going to be tracking and then they're open to, whatever comes available as, up, right? as things play out, which is how you have to do something like this. You know, you yeah. have a, a preconceived, like we have these two or three that we really want to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't, I won't give away who those main characters are going to be. Um, some are, are, are obvious, but I think yeah, there's yeah. a couple, one or two that are uh, going to be a little bit of a surprise. And then the unknown hits and you get to camp and storylines develop and, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out to higher ground. I think this is going to be a really fun camp. Like I, I'm super excited to get to to see some of these freshmen, and I know most of it is going to be like third team, and you know they right. won't they won't break into scout team until they get back to Cincinnati. But like third team, like normally is when you take a break. Third team this year is going to be a fucking blast to watch like i'm geeked up for the third team reps like a lot of the times i'm gonna be like can we get the twos off the field (laughs) i know they're cool and all they're cool i know before like we're gonna see a lot of them next year i i really want to see the threes because i think some of them might be ones when we get here next year like i'm uh it's gonna be a good time as well. What do you have lined up? You've got your uh, your camp preview series. Yeah. Ready yeah. to and, go. And I, I was actually going to – I thought Brady was coming on. I was going to ask him. It's, it's going to be like uh, little superlatives uh, about each one of the, you know, just, just pre – you know, heading into camp, you know, different position groups. Uh, coming out tomorrow sometime, you know, in the afternoon, early evening will be the uh, offensive specialties, you know, kind of just – you know, who is the leader of the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Uh, they they will exceed expectations if this happens and different things of that sort. Hope just, you know, just builds builds conversation. And uh, I kind of, you know, put a, put a couple strategic, just, you know, tough decisions where it's kind of out there. <laughs> right. 
little hot takes. Just uh, want to want to get the uh, the back and forth going, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, it turns out good. Leads up to the uh, excitement heading into camp next Friday. So, is, is it, are they straight to higher ground on Friday, or is it? Yeah, it's it's they're not doing the uh, little primer, and then they're not doing there. the primer on campus. They're going okay. straight to higher ground. Everything is going to be at higher ground this year. So oh, awesome. Yeah. So top 10 program, next, you get higher ground from the beginning. How about that? <laughs> next, next Friday, next Friday, it, it's going to be, it's going to be popping. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Lock it in. But uh, let's, uh, let's open to close this mailbag real quick. I don't think we, I mean, we might only have like two or three. At or this four. point yeah. that we haven't already answered. Um, <clears throat> who's your favorite least talked about Bearcat of all time. For example, mine is Danny Fortson. He was an animal when he played, but he seems to fly under the radar when people talk about UC greats. I don't know that I agree with that, but uh, this can be football or basketball. Okay. Aaron, you want to start? Um, I thought about it. I, th- I think mine might be Justin Jackson. Okay. Oh, old mean mug. Okay. It's a good pick. Good pick. Uh, mean face, actually, Justin Jackson. Mine, mine is uh, Tony Bobbitt. I uh, was a, with a lad who was, you know, falling in love continuously with Cincinnati basketball. And I mean, Tony had, Tony had some, some shots where you just remember it and you, you just explode with happiness. And so, uh, but, and, and of course he had the sleeve and the headband and, you know, that whole thing when you're, when you're that age, that, you know, young, young gun, you're like, Oh, I want to wear a sleeve and a headband and go out there and knock down contested threes like Bobby did. So Tony Bobbitt would be one of my guys. I'd, I'd, I'd throw his name out there. Brent Young is a fancy lad. <laughs> Always. Chad? My, mine is now getting more of the respect he deserves because he's back. Mm-hmm. But it's Kyle, Kyle Washington. Whew. Like, when I – we I, last year, last year or the year before, when we did the, um, the draft, me, Mo, and Justin Williams. Right. Right. And I took Kyle on the back end of that team and people gave me shit relentlessly mm-hmm. for putting Kyle on my, my all Bearcat team. Now everybody loves Kyle. Yeah. Right. Where were you when I, when I took him in my draft, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you want nothing to do with him then. Yeah. Like Kyle wasn't, Kyle wasn't the flavor of the month, but now Kyle's back on the coaching staff. Everybody loves Kyle. Now Kyle Washington was not because Gary and Jaron and Trey, Jake and then Jake and, and Troy for a mm-hmm. year, like all those guys got all the love and Kyle drove people crazy. Right. But Kyle was a lot of the energy, a lot of the heart and soul of that team. And Kyle made a lot of big baskets. I, one of the least talked about big time threes was in the AAC championship game yeah, against Houston. The AAC championship game. Jaron's falling down, dishes it back out to Kyle, trailing. And then another, uh, when he hit the, I believe he blocked a shot and then in transition hit a three against Georgia State in the opening uh, round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And that's when he just exploded. And I mean, yeah, I loved Kyle. All right. Next question. Uh, UC Mark has an edit for a question that he previously asked, but who will cause more turnovers, the men's basketball team in a single game, highest one of the season, or the football team over the whole season? Ooh, Defense. Who will cause them? Defense, yeah. Um, I mean, Wes's style is aggressive. 
I would guess you're going to see, you know, a 17, 18 turn, like game they force 17, 18 turnover. Like the answer doesn't change from what we said for offense because right. the numbers tend to be pretty much the same. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the answer stays the same, right? Like the, the right. number is going to be right in the same range. Right. Um, so I think I would still, I think I probably, how many turnovers do we think this defense is going to force though? I don't know that you, right. So what, New, a lot. Newman, Mason. No, 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 no. How much, oh, does, oh, how many turnovers the does the team. defense force? 20 is a lot. I mean, they're, they're in, what? In 13 games? They're, they're first in the nation with having a, turnover in every single game consecutive streak so i think that continues i think they'll have at least one in every game and then you're gonna have some games with two three right like where you play a bad quarterback and and i i might say defense i think i would go defense i think i would change it like i thought basketball was our answer last week it was, uh, yeah. i would go with the football defense forces more turnovers than any one game that the basketball has because well, yeah, I think see, the most you're going to see basketball is like in the 2022 range. Like that's right. that's a that's a turnover every other minute. Yeah. yeah. And Des, so gonna, Des isn't going to well, turn no, the ball no, over football that much. Does, offense is not in this equation at all. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying that's why we picked minus. them last week. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But on the flip side, this is the best defense and leaps and bounds the best defense in the AAC. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going defense for sure. So if you could always defeat your rivals in the regular season, like the victory bell, the keg of nails or the crosstown shootout, but lose if you face them in the postseason, would you make that pact? I, I think that was asked last week. Right. And I think yeah. you're saying, yeah, Brady answered it, yeah. but answered it very Brady diplomatically. Yes, diplomatically. No, but give me the playoffs. The, the, the postseason is what matters. Yeah, I agree. Same. Um, you asked last week for this question to be re-asked, Chad. Uh, the player you most want to commit to UC twenty twenty two basketball class. Daniel Skillings. This is why. Hey! I waited. This wow. is why I waited. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I knew Over what Leon I was Bond. doing. I think that just because of his ability to score and this team needs, if, if it was, again, I go back to what I said about Leon Bond in the first place. If this was already an established veteran roster, mm-hmm. Leon Bond is, is perfect because he can come in and do everything and help you in a million ways. Like they play different positions. There's a lot of Gary Clark and Leon Bond. Because he just he knows how to win and he knows how to do the things that affect winning. Right now, this team needs a bucket getter. This program needs a bucket getter that they can hitch their wagon to for a couple of years to jumpstart the West Miller era. Yeah. That's Daniel Skillings. Like that kid can can get buckets. The rise of Daniel Skillings. I love it. I love it. Your favorite fair food, and why is it funnel cake? Man. It's probably funnel cake. Yeah, I, I think funnel cake is the correct answer. I, it's funnel probably cake funnel has cake. to be the correct answer. Funnel cake with a lemon shake-up? I mean, shoot. 
I mean, something fried on a stick is always, you know, yeah. outstanding. But, like, I can get a corn dog pretty much anywhere. Right, right. If you want a good funnel cake, you're going to have to go to the fair. No, I completely agree. Because I saw fun, that, like, a turkey leg or, like, you know, because. Yeah. Like, but. There's lots of good fair food. Right. But it always involves funnel cake. It, it all swings back to funnel cake. Even the deep fried Oreos and all that, it's really just a funnel cake wrapped around an Oreo. Right. It's all funnel, <laughs> it's all funnel cake. That's it's all the it funnel is. cake batter put on an Oreo. You're exactly right. right. And they do so, the same thing. They sprinkle the powdered sugar over top. Yeah. You just got an Oreo in the middle of your funnel cake. So you are eating funnel cake still. Crack funnel the code. Cake is the answer. All, also delicious. Or something really cheesy, but you can get that other places too. So. We'll yeah, it's it's funnel it, it, it's funnel cake is is the correct answer. And you can that, get a funnel that cake. question. You can get a funnel cake at Kings Island, but I don't want to ah. pay. I don't want to pay fourteen dollars for a funnel cake. Ah. And they try like they go too fancy. Like they they like put toppings and shit. No, I just want I just want a funnel cake with the powdered sugar. That's all I fucking want. I'm with you. And and always funnel cake over elephant ear. I just I I want to say that right. Yeah, now. funnel cake. Always. Every time. All right. What? Are, <laughs> I love this question. What are three things you could buy at a grocery store to make the cashier give you weird looks? The answer, if you scroll down a couple, might be the right answer. You I gotta think scroll down like three or... Th- there's, there's a couple of good answers in that. I'm not going to answer this question on air. I think that it's been answered. You just have to go to the boards. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Whipped cream, condoms, rope. and then then you find a a, a nice you know a nice innocent looking cashier at the the checkout counter and you just stand there with like your eyes all wide like you know what's going down tonight (laughs) six iron ice cubes and a buffalo live or stuff (laughs) okay interesting all right um (laughs) so Saw that AEW is coming to Fifth Third Arena at the beginning of September. Would Brady want to do something with them for that show? Does he think that Fickle would? Much in the same way that Urban Meyer did when AEW was was there. Probably not because Urban Meyer already did it. Like you're not being that original at that point. What? So, sorry, don't kill me. What is AEW wrestling? It's it's like a, a, a an upstart version of the WWE. The one that the Jaguars owner, yeah, started. Okay. Correct. Okay. No. No, I don't think. Like, I think you just come off as like, you know, trying, trying too hard because well, it's already been done. Unless Fickle gets in the ring because he was an actual wrestler. Yeah, that could be fun. As opposed to throwing footballs, that was hokey. But he wasn't a he wasn't a professional wrestler. He was still a wrestler. He could th- pick somebody up and throw him down, like. Nice little tombstone. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, will any of UC's myriad connections to the ACC, like Wes Miller with North Carolina, Wes Miller's dad with Wake Forest, Babcock with Virginia Tech, Cunningham likely knowing the ACC commissioner Jim Phillips from their time in the Big Ten, Pinto, the ex-acting president of University of Louisville, etc., matter at all in potential expansion talks or is ESPN with a dollar sign, well played, going to be the only party who matters. Probably the latter. I mean, maybe like 
maybe Cunningham's connection to the the AD or the uh, the new uh, commissioner could play a factor because that's going to be a voice that that has some sway. But the commission, the conference commissioner, isn't making these decisions. The presidents are making these decisions. Um, does Pinto have connections to those presidents? I don't know. Like what what depth they are uh, from his time at Louisville. Um, I don't know. Money. Money. That, yeah. Every time. That dollar sign. The answer is always, always money. Who's the most insufferable college sports fan combo? Ohio State football fan and Xavier basketball fan, Notre Dame football fan and Kentucky basketball fan, or other? Ohio State football fan, Kentucky basketball fan. In a fucking landslide. (laughs) And there are a lot of them in these parts. Because Kentucky sucks at football, so they root for Ohio State. And Ohio State was not good at basketball for a long time, so they root for Kentucky. The absolute worst it's not a question not a question well living in indiana i went to cathedral high school and you literally it's it's pretty much what what you said except for it's notre dame football fan indiana basketball fan those guys how does that work those guys are insufferable (laughs) it doesn't make sense i don't know how that works (laughs) they're in the same state they're supposed to, to hate each other but hey, somehow it somehow it happens. And then I say, so what happens when they do the Crosstown Classic and IU plays Notre Dame in basketball? And they're just like, oh, yeah, it's not Notre I Dame for football. IU in basketball. Yeah, it's right. like, all right. The Xavier Ohio State thing, like Xavier doesn't have football. So they've got it. Right. Of course, they're going to root so gonna for Ohio pick, State. Yeah. Like, that's not annoying to me. That's just, just like, that's how you, shit works. Do you I like just, the Xavier? Basketball fans, Cincinnati football fans, can you tolerate them? Because I know there's a few out there. From what I've just been, I'd, to I'd rather not. Media. Right, <laughs> I'd right. rather not. Right, like, but if they're supporting UC football, like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, you, you hold your nose and you stomach it. <laughs> right, right. I, I just wonder, any of you out there, I'm not going to hate on you. Like, I, I get it. <laughs> I just wonder how many of those Ohio State football Kentucky basketball fans are also Steelers fans. I I know like what 80% of the population of Hamilton roots for Ohio state and football and Kentucky and basketball. Maybe not the Tolentino family. Cause they're, I, new yeah, I was going to say Sage is Sage in there. They're new here. <laughs> right. Right. They haven't been corrupted yet. <laughs> All right. This was stolen from Mo. What are your top three beers options include, but aren't limited to ballpark one in a bet. Airport, golf cart, boating, pool, lawnmower, shower, legally consumed in a moving vehicle, tailgate, just put the kid to bed, beach, or other. I don't want to talk about it. All right. <laughs> Mine are... Uh, I can't have beer. Why? My body has rejected beer. Oh. I haven't had a beer in almost... Uh, tomorrow is five weeks since my last beer. Are you, are you shedding weight? A little bit. Did I look like I was shedding weight? You saw me today. Yeah, you look. You there, look great. There you go. You're you're spelt, man. But but golf course no, beer. No, I'm not. I wasn't <laughs> going to use that word. You're getting there. Golf course beer, tailgate beer, shower beer. Love a good shower beer. But outdoor shower beer. So I'm going to say my number one is free beer. 
Ooh, very good pick. Um, because that always tastes a little bit better. It's like, damn, this is good. Uh, vacation beer would be my number two. At the beach. The right. first beer of vacation. It's mm-hmm. just getting out of the car or Ooh. off the plane. Airport like, beer, yeah. Airport beer is a good one. But mm-hmm. once you're actually there, it's just it tastes a little, it's, it's, little it better. It's hits a little different. It, it yeah. does. Um, and number three, I guess, I don't know that there's anything quite like a shower beer. Oh, man. And, and it goes down so fast. It's gone. It does. Like the, the heat from the shower. And, yeah. and I love it. All if right. I was to pick a number one, I'll just pick my number one. Yeah. Because I'm like, so the whole beer scenario, I've told it on the radio. I guess I haven't told it on here. Um, so the night that my dog bit my lip mm-hmm. is the last night I had beer, which was my yeah. second night of vacation. PTSD. The next, the next night, I had an allergic reaction to the antibiotics mm. and threw up all night. So I was like, oh, I, so I got new antibiotics. I was like, all right, I'm going to chill. So I waited like two weeks mm-hmm. and I had a beer and one beer and it made me sick. Almost instantly I threw up. So I have a dilemma. You try because again? I want to have beer, <laughs> but I know that if the next time I have beer, I throw up again, done. then You're beer done. is out. Oof. So there is a fear that is associated with having a beer right now. Yeah. That it might be so, your last. <laughs> that it might be my last and I might throw it up. I hate throwing up. I had somebody challenge me on the radio, basically like, you're being a bitch. And I was like, no, I'm not being a bitch. I'm like... It's not that the last beer I had made me throw up. It's that if the next beer I have makes me throw up, that's it for me and my decades long relationship with that sweet, sweet nectar. (laughs) How would you guys handle this? I haven't had a beer out of fear that if I throw up, that's my last beer. I would, I would let the night, progress pretty pretty strongly in the beginning and then i would say okay i'm, I'm ready for it bring on the beer i agree all right if you can like, ask like like drink bourbon heavily and then yes. try to sneak in a beer like try yes. to trick my body yes but if i get sick then then i'm also throwing up all the bourbon but bourbon always bourbon? bourbon always welcomes you back though. it burns yeah, on the but way have you down. ever thrown up bourbon I'm not a thrower upper. I me either. I fucking hate throwing up. I've, that's, I've thrown this, whiskey. that's the that's the root of this whole problem. Right. I hate throwing up. Well, you didn't give us your number one though. I know what it is. It's a beer that you wouldn't throw up after drinking. That's your number, number one. Number one, fire pit beer. Like the first fire pit beer of the spring. Yeah. When like you're coming out of winter and mm-hmm. it's finally like. It's going to stay above like 50 to like 45, 50 degrees that night. Mm-hmm. And you can comfortably sit by the fire pit and crack a beer. And you got like your sweatpants and a hoodie on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my, that's my number one beer. I'm a big, as everybody knows, I'm a big fire pit guy. I love the initial just. Whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you could ask Cunningham or Pinto one question that he had to answer truthfully and fully, what would you ask him? What the hell's going on? (laughs) 
Tell I me think, everything about everything. Everything, I, right? I think yeah. that's that's a, we're all on the same page. <laughs> right. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> and they say, what do you mean? I said, tell me everything. Just everything. <laughs> you know what I mean. Just give me everything, okay? Where are the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, which potential ACC home matchup would you be most excited for? Clemson, Nip at Night, Notre Dame, Nip at Night, Louisville, Keg of Nails, Duke at Fifth Third, North Carolina at Fifth Third, or other? It, it, That's a great I mean, it would, probably, it would probably have to be the Keg of Nails. Really? Over Clemson? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Clemson Nip at Night would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, it would be amazing. But there's no connection. There's no legit, like, hatred there. Right. The return of the keg and nails to Nippert would be bananas. And I want to say another F-bomb, but I just dropped three in, like, two minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hold back. Good. Good. I well, should have paced myself during the beer thing, but uh you know i used up all my f-bombs sorry dan and now i'm gonna i'm gonna have to to go calm but louisville returning to nip for the keg and nails i i think the hardest part about that question is duke without mike krzyzewski and of course you know north carolina without roy williams so it's like what are they gonna be we don't know yeah so um i might say clemson though i think a top five matchup top 10 matchup nip at night Oh. I'm I'm with you. It's going to be one of the football games. Uh, so I don't know that I, I I think it's a coin toss between Clemson and Louisville. Truthfully, and and if Duke Dude. is phenomenal, then I'd take Duke at fifth third in a rocking arena for sure. Why are you tossing coins? Who me? It'd be a coin flip. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's almost been two Aaron, hours. Aaron likes to be grammatically correct on everything, so when he makes a little error like that. Listen, I'm, I'm still in my head. I'm still back at fifth third watching like <laughs> all these you're, guys. You're still like, drunk. It's fine. <laughs> um, and I didn't even drink tonight, oddly. Uh, did Wes and Gary Clark ever have the three-point competition? I think he meant I did not see it. Did, did no, he mean DeMar? Gary or challenged Wes on Friday. Like, oh, I yeah, never, he did. I, he did. He did, yeah. I, I did not. Did you see it? I didn't see it, Aaron. I didn't see it. So... As of now, no, but maybe after dinner tonight, they roll back to fifth third. Maybe. Time after, a night at, after a night out drinking, they head back to fifth third. <laughs> that would be great. It'd be fun. <laughs> I wonder if the bar tab is on Wes Miller's tab as well. Absolutely. Goodness. Well, well I hope all those goats walk into a bar or, or a restaurant. I hope someone there is just like, hey, yeah, put that one on me. I got it. And that's the mailbag coming in right at that two hour mark. <laughs> oh, we're well below the two hour mark. No, we're right at it. Like a little on, like maybe an hour 50. Yeah. I, I did see a couple more, but there's some long questions. That's, that's, oh, no, that is all of them. That is all of them. Wow. I even refreshed. Wow. I think we did a good job, guys. It's pretty good. Let's, should we wrap this up quick so we don't hit the two hours so that we can continue to tell Dave Simone, hey, that, that Monday show isn't the two-hour one. I haven't had dinner yet. I'm, I'm hungry. Okay. Well, guys, another fantastic week in uh, Bearcat Sports. Anything to close out other than uh, can't wait to watch Let It Fly on, on Thursday, I believe it comes out? There's a, 
there's a basketball recruit thing brewing. I can't get into, but just Ooh. know that I know that there's something brewing. And when I can get into it, I'll get into it. But for now, I can't get into it. Can you feel like it's a good? I was just gonna say, I feel like the same could be said for football too. Can can you gauge a little bit how like massive it would possibly be? No, I'm not giving any hints to this bunch of assholes. They're really good at figuring stuff out. So they're on their own for now. Just know there's something interesting that could be bubbling beneath the surface. That's all. Bubble, bubble, bubble. And that is it. Bubble, 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 toil and trouble. Oh, I like that. Podcast name. Hey, lock it. Anyway. Nailed it. On the way out. On the way out. Nailed the podcast name. Aaron's got to get some dinner. Chad. You got to figure out how you're going to drink that first beer. But other than that, another great week here in Bearcat land. This was a beautiful edition of the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. Everyone have a fantastic week. See ya.